The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. into it. We, we don't have too much time left. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a really short word um, this evening. And it starts in Genesis 15. And if we can read Genesis 15 verse 5 in the, in the Amplified Classic Translation. And, and I mean, I think we're all very familiar with these scriptures. But what's happening here in Genesis 15 verse 5 is that God obviously had promised Abraham um, that he'd be the father of many nations. And, and so as we um, encounter Abraham in this very scripture, we find everyone's starting to wonder, you know, um, how this promise is going to come to pass. I mean, he's, he's quite old. I always tell people he had, at this stage, he was probably around 75. He had no business having children. Okay, but, but God had promised him a child. And, you know, he was wondering, hmm, I'm old. Sarah, hmm, she's barren. And so we encounter Abraham um, in this specific passage of scripture, really starting to question how this was going to come to pass. So Genesis 15 verse 5. An amplified classic. It says, and he, in other words, God brought him outside his tent into the starlight. And God said, look now. I love the NIV, but we're not going to read it here. But NIV says, look up. And it says, towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And you know, I'd read the scripture so many times. And I think it was about two years ago. When the phrase, God brought him outside his tent, the light, I mean, it literally, it literally jumped out of the Bible at me. And, and I began to ask God, okay, God, why did you need to bring Abraham outside of the tent in order to look at the stars? I mean, I mean, he's old. <laughs> why couldn't he just have sat in the tent and looked out of the tent at the stars? Why did you need to actually bring him outside the tent in order to look up at the stars? And um, God started to speak to me, and he started to tell me that a tent can be used to represent so many things, um, uh, or so many, yeah, so many things. Uh, some of the things that a tent can represent is um, confining environments uh, or pl- um, places of limitation. I also found out that a tent can be used as a metaphor so for so many other things, such as limiting behaviors, limiting beliefs, narrow Mindedness, narrow vision. And so as I was meditating in the scripture, God started to say to me, inside his tent, Abraham was restricted in his vision concerning the promises of God. Because all he could see inside this tent was his old age. All he could see inside this tent was the barrenness of Sarah's womb. And so God knew that in order for Abraham To conceive his miracle, he was going to have to step out of the tent and get out of those constricting four walls which were restricting his vision. And so the Bible says Abraham, Abraham stepped out of the tent. Abraham stepped out of that place of limitation. Abraham stepped out of that place of confinement. And then God said to him, look up into the stars and look at the stars. And when Abraham did that, I believe something really powerful happened inside of him. 
Abraham began to, began to see a horizon that extended beyond his physical limitations. And Abraham began to take the limits off of God. Amen. He knew. The Bible said he believed. It says he became fully persuaded at the promises of God. And we know how this story went. A few years later, Sarah bore him a son, Isaac. And truly, truly, he became the father of many nations. And so as I was praying for this message, and as I was praying for the Designer Life 2019 message, I felt very strongly that just as Abraham was led to step out of his tent, God is calling us today as women of Designer Life 2019 to step out of our tents. Amen. To step out of our tents and to stop limiting God. Amen. To take the limits off of God. Amen. So my, the title of my message is simply this. The title of my message is, it's time to step out of the tent and look up. Amen. It's time, ladies. It's time to step out of the tent and look up. Amen. Psalm 78, verse 41 um, this is a scripture talking about the children of Israel. They were wandering around in the wilderness. It says, yea, they turned back and tempted God, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. You know, when I read that uh, passage of scripture, uh, my head literally I mean, I was like, what on earth? We can limit God Almighty, God All-Powerful, God All-Everything? Amen. And as I really started to read that, I really understood, yet, yes, the answer is yes. But why, why can we limit God, ladies? Because God flows through people. In fact, 2 Corinthians, I, I believe it's verse 16, or it's chapter 15, 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. You see, ladies, God flows through people. But, and the big but, is God, God is, God is a gentleman. God is not a thug, okay? God's not a mafia boss, okay? God flows through people to the extent that we allow him to flow through us. Ephesians 3 verse 20, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, and most people actually stop there. But Apostle Paul doesn't start there. Apostle says, according to the power that is at work within us. So what Apostle Paul is saying in Ephesians 3 verse 20 is saying, God is able. Man, God is able to do exceeding. And he doesn't even stop there. He says he's able to do exceeding abundantly. Another translation says he is able to do far over and above. So God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. But Apostle Paul then goes and he says, but according to the power that is at work within us. That word according is the word proportion to. It simply means in proportion to. So God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to. In other words, to the extent that we allow him to work in our lives. Ladies, you can limit God. As big and as limitless as God is, we can limit him. 
We can make him a Mickey Mouse God in our lives. Maybe because we're ladies. We can make him a Minnie Mouse God in our lives. God wanted to do great and mighty things through the children of Israel. But Psalm 78 verse 41 says, they limited him. And as I began to meditate on Genesis 15, you know, God began to show me a tent in my life that I was personally camping in. And he began to show me a tent in my life where I was limiting and where I was restricting what I wanted to do through and in me. And so this evening, I want to talk to you about this tent. And that tent is the fear of failure or the fear of taking risks. You know, I read, I read some research as I was preparing for this message, and it, you know, sad to say, research shows that women fear failure more than men. There was a, a, a Hewlett-Packard internal report done that showed that women are so risk-averse or they are so scared of failing that they won't apply for a job unless they are unless they feel that they are 100% qualified for that job. This, yeah, that's ringing a bell, right? Men, on the other hand, men will apply for that same job even if they are actually 50% qualified for that job. <laughs> oh, sometimes I wish I was a guy. <laughs> Only sometimes. So. The report also concludes, and it says, um, it actually concludes by saying this, which is really quite profound because this is a, 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 a marketplace research, and it says, the, the fear of failure or fear of taking risks is preventing women from making a significant impact in the world of business. And I'd like to actually add to that. I believe fear of failure or fear of taking risks is actually preventing us as women from making a significant impact, get this, in the world. In the world, in this world. God has called us to be influencers in wherever he has called us to be. We have, a, we have a sphere of influence, okay? We are all called to be leaders. There are people that are following us. But if we're too scared or too afraid or too fearful to step out, then we're not gonna make the impact that God intends us to make, amen, amen. I actually read another paper. It was published in the Management Science this is actually quite interesting. It showed that in an SAT experiment, it says women skipped nearly twice as many questions as men, despite similar knowledge of the material. <laughs> Even though attempting questions they were unsure about would lead to higher scores by a ratio of one right answer to three wrong answers. The research paper says that something still stopped women from taking the risk. And here's the thing. It says, however, when the penalty was removed, okay, so if they were not going to be penalized for getting a question wrong, these women answered every single question. They answered every single question. I believe fear is the number one limiter for God to work through people. However, the Bible is very clear. First, uh, Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Ladies, fear is not from God. Our God is a God of victory. Therefore, embedded in our DNA is the spirit of victory. Ladies, we are winners. 
We should not be limited by fear of failure or fear of taking risks. And I want us to look very quickly at two lessons for some risk takers in the Bible. Let's go quickly to Matthew 14, verse 22. We can read it in the King James Version. Matthew 14, verse 22. It says, And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. So that's Matthew 14, verse 22. Awesome. Okay, so it's, And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship, okay, in other words, the ship that he'd sent the disciples in, it was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. So what was happening here is there was a storm that started to brew. And the disciples were in the ship in the midst of the storm. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. I'd like, you know, that, that verse is actually quite, quite interesting. It says that, or at least verse 25, actually. It says that Jesus went unto them, walking in the sea. This is so profound because what we see right here is Jesus was walking on the very thing that was causing them to fear. Jesus came to them walking on the very thing that was tormenting him, or tormenting them at least. And so I'd like to say today, whatever you're faced with, whatever you're fearful of, whatever is tormenting you, Jesus, God, he's on top of it. So you're going to be okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Verse 27, it says, but straight away, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. You see, God is telling us, don't be afraid. Amen. So he says, be not afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said what? He said, come. You see, Jesus' promise or God's promises are always yes. And they're always Amen. Ladies, God will never say no to your big dreams. God wants you to succeed, get this, even more than you want to succeed. God will always say, come. God will always say, just do it. God will always say, step out. Amen. Verse 29. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, it says he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Well, what, what did Peter do? Because this is actually really profound. The Bible says Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. And so I believe what Peter realized and what Peter recognized is that if he wanted to experience what Jesus was experiencing, if he wanted to experience the supernatural, because how many of you know that walking on water, I mean, it's supernatural, eh? I, 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 honestly, I've only read of two people that have walked on water. So it's not as we don't do this every day, okay? And so Peter realized and recognized that if he wanted to experience the supernatural, he was going to have to take a risk. And what did Peter do? He stepped out of the boat. And as he stepped out of the boat, the supernatural was released. Amen. And Peter walked on water. 
How many of you know that faith is a risk? You don't know what's going to happen, but you do it anyway. Faith is a risk, ladies. And I think, you know, here's another nugget. I actually like this one. You can't walk on water sitting in the boat. You can't walk on water sitting on the boat talking Mickey Mouse plans with average people. You can't walk on water being too afraid to apply for that job that you really, really want to apply for that job that God has put on your heart. You can't walk on water if you're too afraid to start that business. If you're too afraid to write that business plan down. And so what Peter realized and Peter recognized that if he was to do something different, if he, was actually, if he, if he wanted to experience something different, he was going to have to do something different. And so Peter stepped out and he walked on water. But yeah, Peter started walking on water. Here come the haters. Peter started walking on water and then he looked at Jesus and then he began to sink. Peter failed. No, he didn't. Did you just read the Bible? It says Peter walked on water. Do you know that there were 11 other grown dudes who were sitting in that boat? 11 other grown men sitting in that boat. The boat was probably full of water, right? It was sinking very fast. They were possibly in the process of dying, yet they were too afraid to step out. Peter was the only one who was willing to do something that no one else was willing to do. And guess what? He stepped out of the boat and he walked on water. Amen. Ladies, we serve a big God, a very big God. And God has a supernatural plan for each and every single one of our lives. God is calling each and every single one of us to do something that's truly special, that's truly significant in this world. In fact, I believe God has so much more than what we are experiencing right now. Ladies, there is more for you. And if you are going to experience the supernatural, if you are going to live the, your life to the fullest, I mean, that's our theme. You came here to learn how to live your life to the fullest, right? Amen. You're going to have to step out of the tent. Amen. You know, we see the same thing happening in 2 Kings 7. I actually like this, um, this story. Remember the, the guys with, the, with leprosy? In the Old Testament, 2 Kings 7. Let's go there. And we're actually going to read it in the message uh, translation. So it's 2 Kings 7. We're going to read verses 3 to 10 in the, in the message translation. So what was happening here in 2 Kings 7 verse um, 3 was what we're seeing here is we're seeing that there was a really deep uh, famine or quite a severe famine in, in Samaria. And, and things were so bad. They said that people were eating their children. Oof, quite awful. It also says that uh, animal dung was being eaten, <laughs> and it was being sold at really exorbitant prices. Okay, so, so, so things were really bad there. Um, and at the beginning of, of this chapter, 2 Kings 7, what we encounter is we counter four lepers. Now, just to give you again some background, leprosy was actually quite a dangerous disease. I believe it still exists today, but I think then people were very fearful of this disease because what would happen is it would corrupt the, the nervous system and the nerves wouldn't transmit pain and, uh, to the brain anymore. And so parts of the body would just start to fall off. You'd get your like, arms would fall off, your ears, your limbs, your eyes. I mean, it was quite a 
deadly disease. And, and, and the thing is, it was quite contagious. So in those times, what they used to do is they used to cast out the lepers outside of the city. So you can now imagine, not only is there famine inside the city, people are dying, people are eating their kids, people are eating animal dung, but also what is happening, thank you, is that we've got four lepers who've been cast out of the city to really just fend for themselves. And, and so, so it's, it's probably quite a desperate situation. And we see these lepers sitting outside the city, and this is, this is what they start to say. So it happened that four lepers were sitting just outside the city gate. And they said one to another, what are we doing sitting here at death's door? I mean, this is probably one of the most important or honest conversations around peoples in trouble or people in challenges um, that you'll probably ever read in scripture. So here are these four lepers. And they're sitting here starving, literally starving to death outside the city walls. And they start to evaluate their lives. And they start to say to themselves, well, why are we dying sitting here? Why are we dying sitting here? You know, some of us are dying even right now. We're dying relationally even right now. We are dying in jobs that we hate even right now. We know we need to do something about it. And so these uh, four lepers, they were brave enough to do a self-evaluation of where they were in life. And so they continued with their self-evaluation and they said, if we enter the famine-struck city, well, we'll die. But if we stay here, we'll die. So they say, let's take our chances. They said, let's do something different. We're dying here. If we go to the city, we're going to die. Let's do something different. You know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting different results. Ladies, if you want different results, you're going to have to do something different. And so they said, let's take our chances. It's right there, in black and white. Let's take our chances. We can't. We refuse to just sit here dying. Let's do something different. And I want to challenge you this evening. You're going to have to take some chances. Amen? You're going to have to do something different in your life. Amen? And so it says, the, the, the leper said, so let's take our chances in the camp of Aram and throw ourselves on, the mercy, on their mercy. So they were saying, let's go to the enemy's camp, okay? Because we're dying sitting here. If we go into the city, we're going to die anyway. Let's go to the enemy's camp, and let's just throw ourselves at their mercy. If they receive us, well, we'll live. If they kill us, well, we'll die. We're dying anyway. We've got nothing to lose. Did you see that? It says, we've got nothing to lose. So the lepers were saying, we've got nothing to lose. If we're going to die, well, let's at least die having fun, right? We're dying anyway. We're bored. Let's go do something fun and different. If we die, we die. And this should really be our attitude. Let's take our chances. Ladies, let's follow our dreams. Let's start a business. Let's start that business. Let's write that business plan down. Let's apply for that job. And so they said, let's take a risk of going into the enemy's camp. Let's do something different. Verses 5 to 8, it says, So after the sun went down, they got up and they went to the camp of Aram. And when they got to the edge of the camp, surprise, 
you got to love the message translation. Surprise! Not a man in the camp. What? The master. Okay, the master here is God. The master, God. God had made the army of Aram hear the sound of horses and a mighty army on the march. And this enemy had told one another, the king of Israel hired the king of the Hittites and the king of Egypt to attack us. And so panicked, they ran for their lives through the darkness, abandoning tents, horses, donkeys, the whole camp, just as it was, running for dear life. <laughs> and so as the four lepers decided to take the steps of faith, as they decided to step out of the tent, you see, ladies, God is so awesome. God can compound, multiply any acts of faith. And so what the Bible says is these four guys with wounds, maybe they didn't even have limbs, as they decided to step out of the, faith, of the tent, as they decided to step out in faith, as they decided to make steps towards the enemy's camp, the enemy heard the sound of a mighty army. Four guys, four guys walking. God caused the enemy to hear the sound of a mighty army. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And it says that oh, the enemy ran away. They were afraid. God has sent armies against us. We're going to die. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Amen. And watch what happens because it gets, it gets really exciting. It says, these four lepers entered the camp, and they went into a tent. First, they ate and drank. <laughs> Did you notice that? The lepers ate and drank first. They were, they, were, they were probably thinking, let's eat so that we can think straight, because we don't know what happened here. We couldn't even hear ourselves walking. Probably didn't have limbs. <laughs> then they grabbed silver, gold, and clothing, and went off and hid it. They came back. They entered another tent. They looted it. Again, hiding their plunder. I mean, this is, wow, this is raining. And finally, they said one to another, we shouldn't be doing this. This is a day of good news, and we're making it into a private party. <laughs> if we wait around until morning, we'll get caught and we'll get punished. Come on, let's go tell the news to the king's palace. And so this, this story is so phenomenal because it says, it literally says the lepers move from, from poverty and starvation to being the richest people around. You know, they had so much, they couldn't handle it all. And they decided, you know what? We have such an abundance. Let's go share this good news. Amen. So if anyone has issues against abundance, this is God wills for us, right? We have, we have an abundance in our lives to share with others. Amen. And so these lepers said, we have such an abundance. Let's go into Samaria and let's share the good news. I'm going to skip to verse 16. Verse 16, um, what, what, what happened in between is that they went and they told the king. And the king said, no, we need to double check this. We don't trust you. Let's go check ourselves. And, and when the king sent some spies to go check it out, they actually found, wow, these guys, these dudes are right. There's no one there. And there's all the stuff. And so what happens is they went back into Samaria and they went and called all the people. So we see this happening in verse 16. Verse 16 says, the people then looted the camp of Aram. Food prices dropped overnight. Wow. So they didn't have to eat dung anymore. Exciting. A handful of meal for a shekel. 
two handfuls of grain for a shekel. God's word to the letter. Amen. So the lepers who had been the outcast the very day, that very day, uh, a prior day, actually became instant heroes because, because they dared to step out from where they were, because they dared to take a risk, ladies. And this story, you know, is so cool. It's actually really cool because, in essence, what we see in the story is that they became a blessing so that they could bless others. And they became a blessing to bless others because they were willing to step out. Ladies, I want to tell you this evening that you right now are carrying someone's miracle. Someone right now is praying that you will step out of your tent and that you will do something different. You will take a risk. It's time to stop letting fear of risk stop you from stepping into your destiny. It's time to step out and it's time to do something different. You know, I remember in 2016, and I really didn't tell my team this, but in 2016, I think we were probably on our third year of designer life, and I was, I was, I was, I was very, I was tired. Um, I, I believe I was, I was, I was, um, I was, I was tired of doing the same thing. Um, you know, we weren't, we weren't seeing as much growth, and and it, it just became a little bit uh, auto manual, like a little bit of autopilot. And I remember telling my husband, you know, I think I don't think we should be doing this anymore. And um, and, and my husband's so cool. He said, you know. And he pray about it. And, and he actually led me to, to these verses. And as I started to really read about the lepers and as I started to really read about how they stepped out and how they dared to do something different, it, it ignited something in me. And, um, and, and I remember one night, um, I was probably breastfeeding then, uh, my younger daughter. Uh, I remember saying to God, you know, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm untired, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dare to trust you. And I'm going to dare to do something different. And it was a few months later, God started to expand the vision of designer life in my heart. And he started speaking to us about how he, he wanted the vision to grow, how he wanted designer life to be about teaching, uh, teaching the word of God, and how he wanted women to come together to encourage one another, and how he wanted to, to bring back our strength through praise and worship. And he spoke to me very specific, and he said, everything you do for designer life going forward must be filtered through the lens. And he said, tears, which was teaching, encouraging, and strengthening. And I remember going back to my ladies. I remember saying to them, ladies, we got to take the limits of God. God wants to do something so big through us in designer life. We actually need to start taking, taking really big and bold moves and really starting to step out of the tent. And I remember saying to them, you know what? If we fail, it's, 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 it's okay because we still had fun. You know, we still dared to believe God. We still stepped out. We, we're still going to have fun. And, 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 and as we stepped out, God's compound multiplication was released. You know, we move from having 50 people at Designer Life to actually having 150 women that you're, gonna, that you're seeing here and that you're going to see over this weekend. I want to encourage you this evening, don't limit God. Don't limit God. Amen. Step out. Do something different. Don't limit God. Amen. And as I close, when Abraham stepped out of that tent in Genesis 15, God then told Abraham to look up. God told Abraham to look up. And notice one thing, he doesn't say, look around. Because looking around cause you to see, causes you to see crisis. 
looking around causes you to see your old age and the barrenness of your wife's womb. Looking around causes you to see failure. And I believe what God wanted to do in Abraham's heart that very night as he looked up is God wanted to paint a new picture on the canvas of Abraham's heart. And so Abraham, God told Abraham to look up. That word look up is, is really quite a powerful word. It's the Greek word anablepo. It's a compound word that's formed of two words, ana, meaning secondary or twice. Blepo, meaning sight. And so by looking up, Abraham was seeing into a secondary realm. By looking up, Abraham was seeing into the spiritual realm where things are eternal. By looking up, Abraham was seeing God's limitless provision instead of the barrenness and the old age that was around him. When Abraham looked up, he saw a reality that was greater than the reality that he was faced with that evening. And so I believe as we close and as I close, God is saying this evening, not only should we step out of our tent, but as we do, we should look up. Amen. Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed around with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And ladies, looking unto Jesus simply means looking to Jesus as your example. Looking to Jesus as the focus of every single thing that you do. And so I believe that this weekend God is wanting to change the image that is in on the inside of you. That's why you're here today. It's truly not a coincidence that you're here today. It's God ordained that you're here today. I believe some of you need to step out of the tent this weekend. And I believe some of you perhaps are saying, I've already stepped out of the tent. I've stepped out of that tent that's been limiting and restricting God. But while you're here, ladies, while you're here, I believe God is saying, you need to look up. You need to look up. And as you listen to the amazing speakers, I mean, we have some truly amazing speakers lined up for you in the next two days. I just want to encourage you to let the word of God be, that will be spoken over your lives because this, this conference is about the word. We're here to teach through his word. Amen. I want you to let the word of God begin to paint a different picture on the canvas of your heart. Amen. And I believe that this time next year, I'm actually speaking it over you. This time next year, your lives will be radically different. Amen. Amen. Come on. Why don't we just lift our hands up? Amen. Why don't we just say these things? Amen. Come on. Someone say with me. I believe every word. I believe every paragraph that God says in his word over my life regardless of how ridiculous it may sound to the natural I choose to believe God 
thank you, Father, that you're delivering me today from the fear of taking risks. I am delivered from the fear of failure. You are empowering me to step out of the boat, to step out of the tent and do the supernatural. My life from today onwards will be a supernatural life of faith. From tonight, I will dream dreams. I will dream big dreams. I will make big plans. And I will step out of the tent in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Father, we want to thank you even right now, Father, for your word. We want to thank you for delivering every single person under the sound of my voice from the fear of failure. We thank you right now for delivering every lady here from the fear of taking risks. Father, I thank you that right now you have empowered them to step out of their tent and do the supernatural. Father, I thank you that from today onwards, their lives will be lives of supernatural victory. Their lives will be a life of faith. Their lives will never be the same again. Father, I thank you that tonight you're giving them dreams, that they are dreaming again tonight. Father, I thank you even for those plans, those business plans, that they may bring them out even from tonight, and they will make their plans bigger. They will make their plans bigger. I pray right now for those ladies who have been too fearful to apply for the job that they really want. I thank you right now, Father, that you're giving them a boldness and a courage to just do it. And I thank you, Father, even right now for your favor, that your favor surrounds them as with a shield. I thank you for success. I thank you for victory. I thank you, Father that they will begin to live their lives to the fullest from today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who cool.